Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Monday, it is Masterclass. Sometimes this short form podcast provides a window into the real world history of medieval life, and sometimes it's just something that interests me. This is irregular. Uh, yes, well, I suppose that life is irregular. We don't do a lot of theory crafting on this podcast, but from time to time, I do engage in a little bit of theory crafting when I feel something deep in my bones. And qualifying as something that I do feel in my bones, I came up with a list of three rules of dragon magic at the end of season one of House of the Dragon. I'll go ahead and rehearse them here for those of you who need a little reminder. And I'll remind you also that these came about because George gave an interview a few years ago saying that he hadn't fully developed the rules of dragon magic. But one thing that he knew was that the dragons in his world had to be bonded with. There needed to be a psychic connection between dragon and rider. So rather than thinking of dragon riders as trainers of dragons, we ought to think of them as those who are psychically connected. All right, so building from that, here are Anthony's three rules of dragon magic. Number one, dragons are beasts of warfare and conquest. So that's rule number one. I do believe that that is pretty well established in the literature. Rule number two, when bonded to a dragon, the more warlike a command, the more likely the dragon will obey. A dragon may obey commands that do not serve the instinct of battle aggression, but a dragon will be more fickle. But if you want a surefire way to get a dragon to obey you, give it a command toward battle aggression. All right, so Anthony's rule number three, the psychic link with a dragon will make the rider of the dragon more inclined toward warfare and conquest. So those are my rules, and I imagine that there are ways to provide caveats and nuance, for instance. I imagine that it matters what dragon you're bonded to. Like, if you are bonded to Vagar, maybe that makes you more violent than if you're bonded to Silverwing. I don't know. But 
I have been thinking more about these rules as I've been rereading the Danny chapters in Clash for a few reasons. One is in Danny's third POV chapter, we learned for the first time that dragon magic increases the magic of other people, like the fire mage that Danny sees. So that reminds us that in Martin's world, these creatures actually emanate magic. They're not just beasts. And we know that. But I think for a lot of people, the HBO adaptation really occupies their mental space, even when they're rereading the books. And that is one thing that the show never really developed. I do think, however, that House of the Dragon is interested in developing that. And we see that specifically in the scene with Rhaenyra as she's giving birth. She seems to have some kind of psychic vision or connection that is linked to the dragon. And that, again, brings us back to Danny 3 in Clash. Zaro asks her if she has had a dream denied, and she says it's a dream postponed. Well, if we've been following Danny's narrative, we know that right before the dragons hatch and she climbs on the pyre, she has had several important fever dreams connecting her specifically to the larger Targaryen project of conquering Westeros. And I think that that is a key shift in this character's motivation. She's no longer a girl that wants to be a good Khaleesi. Now she is hellbent on retaking the Iron Throne. And every bit of her motivation in Clash has to do with that ultimate goal. There's a vacillation in that chapter between calling Drogon her pet, that's when she's feeling powerless, and calling Drogon her child. And I think the truth is that Drogon absolutely is her child. She is called the mother of dragons by Quaithe. And by the end of Danny 4, we see that Drogon absolutely is not a pet, but is bonded to Danny in a greater way. So I think at this stage in Clash, we can affirm something that's true about my rule number three of dragon magic. And that is the more Danny becomes bonded to her dragons, the more she will be motivated by conquest. And I'll just note one more thing about that chapter. It's in Danny's third POV chapter that she begins to feel a bit of sympathy for her older brother. And she says that if she is not careful, she'll become a beggar queen just like her brother was a beggar king, and this will drive her mad. An interesting moment of sympathy for a moral monster, and also an interesting choice of words. All right, thank you once again for allowing me to lapse for a moment into a bit of fanboy theory crafting. Watch this space for some peak Tyrion chapters, one of which will feature later this week.